This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Welcome back to the Knowledge of Wharton podcast. I'm Rachel Kipp, Associate Editorial Director of the Knowledge of Wharton website. Today we're going to talk a little bit about Uber and Lyft. Most of us have probably spent some time in one of the cars the past few years, and maybe some have even become drivers. But this paper by Wharton Management Professor Lindsay Cameron takes a closer look at the nature of the interactions between Uber drivers and riders and thinks about how we could capitalize on some of the benefits of those interactions. Lindsay, thanks for being here. I'm so glad to be here. So could you talk a little bit about what was the inspiration for this research? You know, Uber, Lyft, all the ride-hailing companies, they get sort of a bad rep in the press. And, you know, through my work as a, um, you know, part of a larger research project I have where I've been interviewing drivers for the past three years, I've even been a driver, you know, there's some really positive things that are happening in the car, people that are sort of unsung heroes. And I really wanted to take sort of like, well, what are some of the benefits from this work? Beyond these people just earning, like, income, like, what are some of the social and cultural, like, the non-monetary benefits of this work? And could you give me some examples of like when you say social and cultural benefits or I think the Mm -hmm. title of the paper says social and cultural capital like what are some examples of what those could be So let me talk first about social capital. So social capital is sort of the benefits you get from being in a network of people, whether that's cooperation, information being shared, trust, reciprocity. So let me ground that in a few specific examples we've seen from both our drivers and the the riders. So with drivers, they're on a lot of these forms, whether they're Facebook, uberpeople.net, Redum, and they're sharing information. Where's the best place to go to maybe uh, get some high-volume rides? Where's the best place to sort of avoid the drunk people if you're a woman and you don't want to deal with that at 11? o'clock at night. So that's sort of sharing resources. So that's an example of social capital. But also there's social uh, capital being exchanged between riders and drivers. There's emotional support. You know, in the paper, I talk about a story about a young woman who actually came out to her Uber driver, came out as a lesbian, and the driver was able to sort of pull the car aside and be like, what's the matter? Tell me what's happening. And he just sort of suspended work to offer her sort of that emotional support. So again, another type of, um, of social capital. Um, folks have found other, dry, uh, other jobs that are not ride hailing related, both drivers and passengers, just from what's happening in the backseat of the car. So that's an example of some of the social capital that drivers and riders are sort of exchanging in the backseat of the car. Now, cultural capital is more about learning more about the environment that you're in, whether whether it's your local context, like your city, or maybe more what's happening on a national or international theater. And some really common examples are a rider gets in the car and the driver is taking this person to a place they've never seen before. So this paper is really focused on Detroit. And you know Detroit is going through a huge renaissance. So what a lot of the drivers said is my riders took me to a part of Detroit I'd never seen before. Or a part that I thought was all blighted out and run down buildings and I see it's been completely renovated. It's a renaissance. So in this way it makes the driver almost like a tour guide to their own city. And then once they have this own knowledge, they can share it back with other people. So they're cultural ambassadors to the new set of riders that are coming in. So this is to give you sort of a fine-grained sense of what does social and cultural capital look like? What are the new things you're learning through people or about the environment you're in just from sitting in the backseat of your car? So like you said, you interviewed a number of different Uber drivers and then riders for this paper. And what were some other striking findings you found from talking to them? People were really proud of the city that they worked in, and they wanted to share sort of what they they loved about the city with the folks that were in the car, whether or not it was the driver or the rider um, aspect. I also think the unexpected acts of kindness is something that... um, 
just was really sort of heartwarming and mind-blowing because in the news we tend to hear more of the negative stories. But not only was there this story, you know, about the woman who sort of came out to her driver, there's also, you know, drivers pick up people that pass out in the backseat of their car and then they're responsible for getting them to safety. Or they've actually seen people that are on the side of the road and needed help and they've offered assistance or victims of domestic violence. So there's all these sort of beautiful ways or sort of these unsung heroes are sort of doing a contribution to their community. And that's one of the sort of the, mo- the more surprising and sort of thing untold stories I-, I-, I found in my data. So it's kind of fascinating. I mean, I think we think about these Uber rides, if you're a rider, or even a driver, like you think that might just be kind of a blip on the map of your daily life or just sort of one of those widgets you're making in the course of your job if you're a driver. But from what you're saying, I mean, these things, it's these interactions maybe we wouldn't otherwise have that could end up drawing unexpected benefits. So do you feel like, I guess, there's an untapped potential here that Uber could be taking advantage of or that these companies could be taking advantage of because they're kind of putting us in the path of a stranger we might not have otherwise mm-hmm. met? So these are actually some of the implications that you're sort of hinting at, at at the paper that I wrote with two of my colleagues when I was at the University of Michigan. And it's about what could the ride-hailing companies do to sort of augment this exchange of information. So maybe if there is a person that you're picking up from the airport that, you know, they have the information. This person is usually based in Chicago, but now they're in Dallas. Maybe the app will suggest an alternative way to go that shows them new areas to go around the city. Um, Or maybe there's just little tidbits of information the app has picked up about both people they can use to match people that can go into the algorithm. Um, So I think there's really sort of like... um, interesting ways these companies can sort of help make connections between drivers and riders, but even between drivers and drivers, like a Slack group, for example, that allows sort of greater information um, sharing, because there really is a social or relational aspect in, in this work. That even though it's kind of an autonomous job in a way that it's sort of you and your app, that people have actually formed communities around this, it sounds like. People but- have found communities, people have become friends with folks that they have found off the app, like real friends in real life, going out to bars and to concerts and things. People have found jobs for each other. Um, one person actually found a termite inspector for his house through a contact from the rider. And then an interesting switch of terms, I uh, interviewed a driver who was actually a manager at um, a manufacturing plant, and he hired one of the riders that was in his back seat. He was an undergraduate student studying in engineering looking for an internship. So again, another example of connections that sort of started in the car, you know, this really sort of small, intimate space that sort of, you know, carried on themselves outside of the car. Can you talk a little bit about what's next for this research? What's next? Uh, so I have some work that's coming out where I actually hone in on the algorithms and so how do algorithms sort of sit in for a boss and why do workers really feel this sense of autonomy, like really, really feel it, even when they're interacting with an algorithm. So that's um, one set of, of work that I have coming up. And also looking at another paper looks at sort of people's stances to the work. Some people really feel like they're in partnership and they're privileged to be a driver. And some people feel like this is similar to sort of low-wage slavery. And so I'm looking, you know, those are pretty intense words. Those are their words, not mine. And um, I'm sort of looking at what makes a difference between these two groups. So that's sort of some new work I have coming down the horizon. And with my two colleagues on this, Veshnev and uh, Tawana Dillahunt, 
they're going deep, even deeper into sort of under-resourced uh, communities, which are actually usually have some sort of trans- they have a lack of access to reliable transportation, and they're looking at actually developing and piloting a time-baked system for people to sort of share rides to be able to get to healthcare appointments and things like this. So this is part of sort of a bigger, larger-term uh, project for them. But I think it's really great opportunity to sort of use these sort of ride-hailing platforms to go to segments of the population that don't have access to reliable transportation and to get them, you know, health care, things like that that they really need. Lindsay, thanks for being here. It was lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. You can find all of Knowledge at Wharton's articles, podcasts, and more on our website, which is knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. You can find all of our podcasts on Apple's podcasting app or your other favorite podcasting platform. If you like what you hear, please leave us a comment or a review. It really does help like-minded folks to find the show. Thanks for listening. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.